Good morning. Welcome to Life Point. My name is Donnie Williams. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're here for the first time, I would love to meet you after the service. I'll be down front. Come down, say hello, and introduce yourself when we're wrapping up here today. We're starting a brand new series today called The Path. Before I explain what the path is and what it's all about and what it takes to walk the path, I want to ask you a question. If you have notes, maybe you want to write this down uh, or just think about it mentally. Uh, what is it that you need? Like, what do you need? Now, you're at church, so you're probably thinking, Jesus, is that the right, you know? Now, the, answer this like you're at work, you know, or, or somewhere else. What is it that you need? Probably the answer that you give has to do with your circumstances. You probably think, oh, I need more money, or I really need a girl, or I really need better grades, you know, or I need to rest. We probably have things that we need. Well, while we're going through this series, we're going to discover the thing that we all need is wisdom. And why do we all need wisdom? Even if we think we're wise, it's because we do stupid things. And if, if we did a stupid thing story today and went around the room, would you have one to share? Yes, if you're truthful, every one of us would have one to share. In June, I went to Dominican Republic to do a leadership conference for some pastors. It happened to be at the same time that our youth group was there at the same ministry, spending a week uh, serving kids. And so one of the days we had the afternoon off and the place where we were staying is out in the country, up in the mountains, and they had a motorcycle. And I'd been to this place before. And so they, I knew they would let me ride the motorcycle. And so the guy was like, Pastor Donnie, you want to ride the motorcycle? And I was like, well, yeah, I do. And there were some teenagers there. And it was none of your kids, I'm sure. I don't see the parent here. So I gave one child a ride and then another child wanted a ride. And it was out in the country. I was like, okay, it must be okay. And so I did it. And the guy told me he was legit, no problem, you'll be fine. And then my daughter wanted to go. So put my daughter on the back and we go for a ride. She's 17 years old and we're going down this country road and we round this turn and here's a police roadblock. And my heart sank. I didn't have my passport on me. I didn't have my driver's license on me. I didn't have money on me. And I didn't have a phone on me. And we had just had a conversation the previous day. Yeah, if you just pay cops in the Dominican, they'll leave you alone. Now, if, you, if you're a Dominican police officer and you're here today, I'm sorry. But that's the reputation that you have. And so I pull up and the first thing I say is, no Espanol. And he goes, oh, you speak English. I was like, perfect. And he said, do you have papers showing that you own this? And I said, uh, No. Do you have ID? Uh, no. And I'm starting to panic because I'm seeing that locked up abroad. Have you ever seen that show? And, and I'm thinking about that. And, and I just said, I'm staying right back here. I named the guy, I named the place. I said, I'll go get it. And I didn't give him a chance to say yes, no, don't. And I just turned around and I just left. And I was like, Abby, are they following us? And, and she said, no. And I was zipping down the road. I went back a lot faster. I was scared. I was shaking. And you might think, what a stupid thing to do. And you would be right. That was stupid. All of us probably have a story about something that we did that was really stupid. So when we think, what do I need? Well, I need a little bit more wisdom. When I think about the questions I get asked as a pastor, most of those questions, well, most of them are not things like a husband comes to me and said, hey, should I love or hate my wife? Which, which should I do? I mean, that's usually not the, the, the question that somebody would ask. You kind of know, I'm married to her, I'm supposed to love her. And you shouldn't like, you know, waffle, should I hate her, should I love her? 
So not, I've never been asked that question. Parents don't come to me and say, look, we're, get, we're getting tired of our teenager being a rebel. Uh, should we take him out or should we let him live? What should we do? <laughs> people don't ask me that. What people ask are things like, should I take this job or that job? Should I marry this person or that person? Should I date this person or that person or this school or this major or this group of friends or this house or this amount of debt? Those are the questions most of the time that I get asked when somebody needs advice. And if you're in the field of counseling or ministry, you know those are the questions that people wrestle with the most. And one word would help us answer those questions easily. And that is wisdom. We think, well, if my circumstances in life would just match up and I would stop making stupid decisions, everything would be okay. But that's not true. Because I know people that have great circumstances and their life's a wreck. I know people that never make a stupid decision and still their life's a wreck. So wisdom really helps us navigate through life and the ups and the downs and the uncertainties. So if we're gonna learn, how do I navigate those difficult questions that I can't just open up the Bible and see, God says, move here. God says, buy this. God says, marry that person. Doesn't say that. How do I navigate the world that has constantly changing circumstances? I need to get more wisdom. So we're gonna be looking at a book in the Old Testament that really lays out for us what it's like to live with wisdom. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. You can keep it, you can borrow it. You can also just read along on the screen as I read from the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is an Old Testament book that's, it's kind of, it's a guide for living. It, it lays out two paths through the whole book. It lays out this path of wisdom, which has a destination. And then it lays out this path, what it calls the path of folly or the path of fools, which also has a destination. And throughout the book, we're getting advice from a guy named Solomon. Solomon was the son of a king who became a king himself. And not long before he became king, he was probably an older teenage boy. And God appeared to him and said, what would you like? What do you need, Solomon? What is it that you need? Solomon thought. He didn't ask for perfect circumstances and say, I need lots of money. That'd give me perfect circumstances. I need great relationships. That'd give me perfect circumstances. Solomon asked for wisdom. And he said, God, give me wisdom so I can know the difference between right and wrong. I want to be able to, to, to discern which path to take. And so Solomon starts out in Proverbs chapter 1 saying this. These are the, pro these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. See, he talks about wisdom that's more than just a decision. You can't just decide, I'm wise. I I'm going to be wise. You can't just decide that. Wisdom is way more than a d decision. It's a direction in which you live your life. It's the way that, that you choose to go. Now, many of us may be able to identify with intending to do one thing, but actually doing 
something else. And some of you this morning might be in a place in life you never intended to be. You intended to be married by now. You intended to be faithful. You intended uh, to have more money by now. You intended to start a family by now. You intended uh, to have a certain level of income by now, but none of that's happened. And it's not our intentions that lead us down a path. It's the direction of our life. And that's where wisdom comes in, that it's, it's not intention, it's direction. You may, have a ne- you may have never intended to be in debt, you, nobody starts out going, man, I'm going to get just swallowed up in debt. That's my plan. That's how I'm going to get through life. I'm just going to have tens of thousands of dollars on credit cards. I'm going to have car loans, student loans, house loans, and, and just live it up. That's my plan. Nobody plans that, but everybody thinks well, I'm going to be responsible. I don't want to be irresponsible. But then they live their lives in a direction of irresponsibility when it comes to money. And so what happens? When it comes to finances, people find themselves over and over and over again in a place they never intended to be. So our intentions can really get us in trouble. And what wisdom says is, look, live in a direction. Not just on your intentions, what you think you should do. Live in a direction. So exactly what is wisdom? This is just outline. It might be easy to think, well, I know what wisdom is. Here's what wisdom is not. Wisdom is not just knowledge. It's not the same. Having wisdom and being book smart is not the same thing. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Wisdom is doing the right thing. I mean, I have the knowledge that it's bad to lie. You may have the same knowledge. It's bad to tell a lie. And a lie will come back to bite you every single time when you're dishonest, when you're deceitful. It always comes back. It always comes back around. And yet people lie all the time, even though nobody would say, hey, living a lie is a great way to live. It's a perfect way. Nobody would say that, but people do it all the time. So having the knowledge and the wisdom to do something is not the same thing. You, you married guys, you, you know that it's unwise to be flirtatious with somebody other than your wife. You know that, you know that. Nobody would say, hey, it's great to have a wife and a family and a little hottie on the side. Nobody would say that. Everybody would say, bad idea, don't do that. Look at how it wrecks people's lives. Look at how it causes regret for the rest of your life. Look at what it does. And talk to somebody that's walked that path, they would say, don't do it. And yet people do it all the time. So having the knowledge that you should or shouldn't do something is not the same thing as wisdom. It's, it's having the knowledge and then also knowing how to use it to navigate life. In fact, the word wisdom throughout the book of Proverbs, which was originally written in Hebrew, simply means skill. Wisdom means skill. It's the skill of how to navigate life the skill of how to make good decisions, the skill of how to walk the right path. That's what wisdom is. Yeah, knowledge is involved, but it's applied knowledge to where I am in life to navigate the ups and downs. Anybody's circumstances change throughout life? They all do. Everybody's circumstances changes from time to time. Wisdom is how we navigate those changes. So it's not the same thing as knowledge. When the, when the Wright brothers finally flew, they finally took a heavier than air object and it, it went airborne and they flew. When they finally figured out how to do that, 
People would say the Wright brothers defied gravity. No, they didn't. You can't defy gravity. Just, just go, stand up on a building and say, I'm going to defy gravity and jump and see who wins. I mean, gravity wins 100% of the time. So the Wright brothers didn't figure out a way. We're going to trick gravity. We're going to trick it. We're going to jump and we're not going to fall. Hundreds of people fell to their death by strapping wings to their arms and trying to jump off things. They did. They saw birds fly and figured, well, they got feathers. If I get feathers on my arms, maybe I should be able to jump, flap my arms and fly. Didn't work for one person. Hundreds of people died around the, whole, around the time that the Wright brothers were trying to figure out this, this way to fly. So how did they learn how to fly? Not by defying gravity. They learned how to fly by building a wind tunnel and studying the way lift and thrust and, and aerodynamics worked. And once they had that knowledge, they applied it to do what people said was impossible. They took knowledge and they took skill and they put those together and they did the impossible. And you may have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things, but without the skill of living, you will mess up your life. A person that has wisdom knows how the world works and understands it and knows how to navigate through it and do things that are impossible. That people think it's impossible to get through life without going into debt. No, it's not. It's impossible to forgive somebody when you've been deeply hurt. No, it's not. It's impossible to maintain sexual purity before marriage. It might be difficult, but it's not impossible. When you add wisdom to any of those circumstances, that which seemed impossible a moment before, all of a sudden, it's possible. It's possible to forgive. It's possible to be pure. It's possible to live responsibly with your finances. All of that is possible with wisdom. It's seeing how the world works and being able to navigate through it. And then Solomon says, these Proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. So students, if you're, if you're a high school student in here, uh, college students, younger folks, uh, you need to listen up, okay? Because what he's saying is, he's really speaking to young people here. And he's saying, I'm doing this to give insight to your simple mind. That's what he's saying. I mean, I'm just reading what he's saying, no judgment here. That's just what Solomon said. And it's true that the, the human mind does not really fully develop until into your 20s. So no wonder teenagers make stupid decisions. Their mind hasn't fully started working yet, hasn't fully understood how the world works. So listen up. Why do you need wisdom? Because you don't have it. That's why you need wisdom. And, and Solomon says, look, you, you simple people. It means naive or foolish or gullible. He mentions that 14 times by either saying, you simple-minded, you foolish people, you're gullible, and it all comes from the same word. So if you're the kind of person that said, I'm, I'm just wise, no, you're not, you're not. We're not naturally wise. We don't show up on this earth and say, I'm wise. I know how to handle everything. And you may have a kid in your house that thinks that, or you may be the kid that thinks that, or you may be a grown-up kid that still thinks that, but the fact still remains, we are not born wise. In fact, a professor from Harvard named Jerome Kagan did a study about child temperament because he wanted to know which temperament is the best to get through life. 
And so he studied all of these kids and he, he classified every kid in one of three categories of temperament. And he said, every person born on the face of the earth can be put into one of these categories. First one is the anxious child. The anxious child is, is the one that has that natural bent towards running away from threats. When something's bad happening, they're out of there. The aggressive child, he said their natural inclination is to run towards a threat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill it before it kills me. And then there's the philosophical child. The, the philosophical child is the one that doesn't recognize any threat. It's all good, everything's okay, everything's great. Now what happens? The anxious child who grows into the anxious adult, when danger is around, what's their first response? Run, get away, get out of here. But if you put an anxious child who grew up, as an, to, grew up to be an anxious adult and you put them in a very safe environment, they will look for an enemy. They'll look for somebody to be mad at, somebody to run from. They'll look for somebody to scare them. They'll, they'll mess up a safe environment if you live with anxiety. And if that's you, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's what's wrong with me. I just figured it out. Safe environments, when you put an anxious child or an anxious person who grew up to be an adult that's still anxious and deals with that, they'll mess up a safe environment. An aggressive child who grows up to be an aggressive adult does the best in moderately dangerous situations because they have to take control. There's a crisis, so they jump in, they take control. Something's happening that needs leadership. They jump in and they get in the middle of it and they make it happen. They take control of the situation. You may know somebody like that. Maybe that's you. Now, the, the, the challenge with being an aggressive child that grows up to be an aggressive adult is uh, you'll have a lot of fun in a really dangerous situation, but you might not live long. You'll make really bad decisions. And then the philosophical child who grows up to be a philosophical adult, they don't think anything's a problem. They don't think anything is a threat. So you put them in a safe situation and they're good because, hey, nothing's a threat. Everything's okay. Everything's gonna work out. That's not really that bad. Put them in a dangerous environment and they get devoured. They get blindsided. They're gullible. And so the question that Kagan asked was, which one of the three temperaments is best? And the answer was none. None of the above. Because depending on the circumstances, they're only good if the circumstances line up just right. So whether you're aggressive, anxious, or philosophical, that only benefits you if you're in a place where circumstances are controlled and perfect. And I think if you've lived long enough, you've figured out you can't control a lot of life. You can't control every single circumstance. We don't live in a controlled environment. So which one of those is best? None. And so he goes on to say this. The worst thing a parent can do is listen to the culture telling us simply to let our child be who they are. Why? Because most of the time you will make the wrong decision. Most of the time you'll choose the wrong path. So the worst thing we can do is teach our kids, oh, you just be who you are. You just be little anxious, Eddie. That's fine. No problem. You just be, he says, no, that's, that's the worst thing we can do to our children. So what's wisdom? Having the skill to see how the world works and then navigating through it. And we already determined we're not born wise. We're not. I mean, just, just last week, our preschool director said, hey guys, I got a problem. There's dead bugs in the nursery. And I was like, well, a dead bug's a good bug. 
You know, that's a good thing, right? She said, no, we need a vacuum cleaner because kids will eat those. They don't know. They'll just see a bug. They'll eat it. They would see dog poop on the ground and eat it if you didn't stop them. Why do you think it's labeled not for children under three? Because there's parts in that toy that they'll eat. Are we born wise? No. So when, so when we recognize that we're not born wise, you know what kids will do all day? They'll eat candy all day long. If you give them a choice of vegetables or candy, 99% of the time, what are they gonna do? I'll take the Skittles. I'll take the M&Ms. They will. We, that's us. We're not born wise. And a lot of us, we don't naturally know what to do with money. We don't naturally know what to do with relationships. We don't naturally know what to do with sex. But with wisdom, we can find out God's design for all of those things. See, we're born naive, but we can be taught wisdom. We can be taught how to navigate through the world. Solomon goes on to say, let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. So we have to have wisdom. We're not born with it. I mean, don't you wish you could go back and make some decisions over again? I got a list. I can make a list for you right now of decisions I wish I could go back and make again. Most of the time, if you think about the decisions you make that you wish you could go back and make again, there was probably either something inside of you or somebody around you that they were saying, I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm not sure if that's, I'm not, if you're, a bad decision is usually preceded by either you feeling like, I don't know about this, I'm going to do it anyway, or somebody saying, hey man, be careful. You're in dangerous territory, watch out. So since we don't naturally have wisdom, what do we need to do to get it? There's two big things you got to have if you're going to get wisdom. The first one is humility. You have to admit, there's things I don't know. There's, there's things that I need to learn from somebody else. And if you're the type of person who every time somebody tries to give you advice, you go, I know, I know, I know, I know, I got it. I got it, no problem, I got it, no problem, I got it. Hey, maybe you ought to, I know, man, I got it, I know. Solomon calls that type of person a fool. And you might think, well, I learn everything the hard way. I'm a live and learn kind of person. And it's true, we can live and learn from our mistakes. But if you live by that slogan, hey, I just live and learn, you may not live long enough to learn everything you need to learn. Because sometimes living and learning leads to dying really fast or you don't get a second chance. They leave, they rebel, that you damage the relationship beyond repair. And so Solomon is telling us, look, you've gotta look outside of yourself to get wisdom to help you navigate life. So if I'm refusing guidance in an area of life, I'm in dangerous territory. See, wisdom says, I'm gonna look and see how the world works and how the circumstances change. And I'm gonna gain the knowledge about the skill to navigate through those ups and downs because circumstances won't always be perfect. So it takes humility to say, hey, speak into my life. Do you have somebody that you, you say to them, speak into my life? It's probably wise to have more than one somebody that talks to you about, hey, speak into my life. 
And I get that from people who have walked a foolish path because I don't want to walk the same thing. And I get that from people that, that I believe walk the path of wisdom. And I want to know, hey, how do you do that? How do you get there? How do you make that happen? How do you achieve that? Tell me how to do it. And we all need somebody like that and a group of people like that in our lives that can speak wisdom. So it takes humility and it also takes commitment. It takes commitment to say, look, I want wisdom and I'm committed to getting it. Because wisdom, if to truly have wisdom, you gotta allow it to encompass all of life. So you can't say, hey, the book of Proverbs, the Bible has a lot of great things to say about money. I'm gonna get money advice from the Bible. But when it comes to relationships, I got that. Because you can be really good with money, have lots of it, manage it well, be poor with relationships and still wreck your life. You can be great with relationships. You can be somebody that everybody loves, everybody wants to be around, everybody wants to be with, everybody wants to be like. You can be great in that area, trustworthy, lovable, dedicated. And if you're horrible with money, you'll still mess up your life. So when Solomon says, listen to this wisdom, he's saying it's for all of life. And he'll compare wisdom to a woman that, that you have to woo. Guys, when you were, those of you married guys, when you were just trying to win your wife, you know, when you were trying to convince her that, hey, I'm better than everybody else that you've ever been around. I'm the one. When you were trying to convince her that you were deeply committed probably. I mean, I would have done anything. We were college kids and, and I remember when she would go home in the summer, her parents had rules. And I hadn't lived under anybody's rules in a few years. And so when they said, you don't call after 11, I only messed up and did that one time. But I was committed. I didn't go, ah, stupid rule. Ah, next girl. I didn't do that. I would have done anything because I was committed to win the heart of who eventually became my wife. And, and Solomon says, look, if you're going to have wisdom, you got you to woo it. You got to be committed to it like you're committed to pursuing a relationship. He also refers to wisdom as a pathway that you decide to walk. A decision of a direction you're gonna live in your life. Of a general direction that you're gonna live when it comes to money and sex and finances and relationships. And he says, here's the direction. This is the path of wisdom. And that's what we're gonna be talking about over the next four weeks. And he says, he says how to start in verse seven. Fear the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now, for some of you, when I say fear of the Lord, all of a sudden you may feel some anxiety. Like, what do you mean fear of the Lord? I don't like that because we associate fear with bad with negative, like God is this uh, big wizard up in the sky that we need to be afraid of because we're under his thumb. And if we're not doing just the right thing at the right time, you know, it's out for you. Smoke in section for eternity because you didn't do the right things. Well, when Solomon talks about fear of the Lord, in fact, in the Old Testament, when you read about fear of the Lord, because it's mentioned a lot in there, it's not talking about that kind of fear, like not, hey, be afraid of God. There's two ways that the Old Testament talks about fear of the Lord. First one is to say the fear of the Lord is a reference to God's word, his written word. So fear of the Lord means, hey, I gotta start with bringing my life underneath the word of God, his teachings. For us, that's the Bible, what we have in our hands. Another way the fear of the Lord was talked about was a willingness to be taught by God. 
a humility to receive guidance from the maker of life, to look to God and say, I can't figure this out on my own. You've got it figured out and acknowledge that God is great and we are small. Fear of the Lord is a healthy, reverend respect for God. So if you really want to know what it is to be wise when it comes to all of life, it's not about getting more information. It's about understanding how the world works and having the skill to navigate through it. It's about intimacy with God. I can remember, I I used to work with college kids and, and they would always have this question. When they started to date, they would come to me and say, hey, how far is too far to go when it comes to sexuality? How far is too far to go? And, you know, I would try to talk to them about, you can do this, but don't do that. You know, be careful. And, you know, they're thinking of these lines because you know what what they're thinking. And if you're a college kid or a younger person, you know, I know what you're thinking. Tell me where the line is because I want to get really close. I want to get as close to the line as I can. So I changed my answer through the years to where it became, hey, how far is too far? It's like, well, how far away from God do you want to get? That's the answer. That's the question. How far is too far? In my finances, well, how far away from God's ideal do you want to get? How far is too far in relationships? How far away from God's ideal do you want to get? And if we really want to know how to navigate life well, we need to consult the maker of life, the one who created life. And we primarily today do that through his words. And Solomon, over and over, as we go through this series together, we'll see that that he talks to us about choosing the right path and how you're going to be pulled down this path of folly, this other way, this way that'll lead to a destination you never intended to be at, this way that will lead to regret, this way that you shouldn't go. And he's going to talk about what a pull that has, but it's a constant choice. Should I walk the path of wisdom? Should I walk the path of folly? And any young person would say, I intend to finish my degree. I intend to get married. I intend to have kids. I intend to have a career. I intend to be faithful to my spouse. That's what everybody would say. But how many people end up in a different place? Because it's not our intentions that determine where we end up. Anybody can have intentions. It's the direction in which we choose to live our life. And the path is the path of wisdom. It's the path that Jesus talked about when he told the story about two builders, two people who decided to build a house. And on the outside, the houses would have looked just alike. They would have had the same square footage. They would have had the same luxury car in the driveway. They would have had the same income. They would have all been great looking people. And they would have lived in these two identical houses forever had they built them the same. And even though they looked the same on the outside, Jesus said one chose to build his foundation on solid rock and one chose to build it on sand. And they looked the same until storms started to come, until circumstances started to change. And when the circumstances started to change and the wind and the wave and the storms came, what happened? The house on sand, flat. The house on rock, it might've lost some shutters. It might've endured some damage, but it still stood. And Jesus is marking out this path of wisdom, this path of folly, just like Solomon did when he said these words after he told the story of the two houses. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Wisdom is having the skill 
to see how the world works and navigating through it. And so what we're going to do in this series, we're going on a journey of wisdom. And I want to invite everybody to join us. And there's several ways that you can do that. The primary way we want everybody to do it is to join us in the 31 Days of Wisdom Challenge. Proverbs has 31 chapters. You can read a chapter in Proverbs. If you're a slow reader, you can read it in 10 minutes. If you're fast, three. It'll be quick. So join me in reading a proverb a day starting tomorrow morning for the ne- and following for the next 31 days. And here's what we'd like you to do. Pick out one verse. Every time you read a chapter, there's going to be a verse that you're like, wow, that really means a lot to me. That really spoke to me. Or maybe two verses. And then get a text buddy. Just get a text buddy and say, I read it. Here's the verse that meant something to me and here's why. Here's what I, I started this a week ago. Here is what I sent to my text buddy. I said, and we were in chapter five. I said, today, verse 22 of chapter five reminds me that I was once held captive of my own sin and held back. But in one moment, Christ delivered me from all that. Just quick. And that's what that verse, that's the verse that kind of rose to the top for me. And if you don't text, email. If you don't email, do it the old fashioned way. Sit across from somebody at a table and tell them the verse that meant something to you. Maybe if you're in a grow group, that's what you do for the next five weeks in your grow group. You just read Proverbs 1. And then when you meet next week in your, in your group, you say, hey, here are the Proverbs for this week that meant something to me. Because here's what's going to happen. If you do that every day for 31 days, you're going to have 31 verses where you explain, hey, this is what these verses meant to me. And then what we want you to do is say, which one of those out of all 31 really speaks to me? And you'll have a verse, like something that really speaks to your life. That's how to get started on the path of wisdom. And if you think, well, I'm already wise. Remember, you're not. It takes humility and commitment. So go through this with us. We have a really cool online way for you to participate and interact. If you just go to Facebook and search 31 Days of Wisdom, LPC Crossroads, you'll find a Facebook group. Join that group and just post. Just read what other people have posted. For our other campus, we've already got hundreds of people that are posting every day talking about wisdom. So let's start that. So go home today or or before tomorrow morning, read Proverbs chapter one, pick out the verse, text it to somebody, say something on Facebook, uh, on the Facebook group about it. Our staff, I will be posting. We'll just say different things about what it meant to us, answering questions. And let's go through the next 31 days saying, I wanna walk the path of wisdom. Because walking the path of wisdom, we will develop the skill to navigate life and all of its ups and downs. Because if they haven't come for you yet, They will, and you need the skill to know how to navigate it. Let's pray. God, thank you for the wisdom that comes through the teachings of Solomon. Please help us to learn how to navigate the ups and downs of life. And as we go through the next 31 days, may people be encouraged, convicted, and may they know what it means to walk the path of wisdom. May you speak to each of us. I pray this in your son's name. Amen.